I believe everyone has a story to share. I'm on a journey to discover the magic inside each person's story. Each week, I will introduce you to guests where I will dig deep and uncover the beautiful miracles from life and experiences to inspire and encourage you to live life to the fullest. My goal is to give each guest a platform to share their lives with the world in hopes that someone will be inspired to take action and live life with passion and purpose. Welcome to the Uncover Your Magic podcast with me, Ashley Goner. Are you ready? Here we go. Welcome back to Uncover Your Magic. Today's episode is going to, I don't know if I could say blow your mind, make you go down another rabbit hole. (laughs) It made me go down this man's rabbit hole. His name is RJ Spina. And I was listening to a podcast that he was on and one day, and it just was like, oh my gosh, I need to share this man with my audience. And so, of course, I just go on this journey to find how I can get a hold of him. And I think I manifested his text message, his phone number in like five minutes from that. It was like so quick. And that's a long story, but I just, when I know he's meant to be on the show, I just wanted to explain how quickly I manifested contact with this man. And I see why, because after learning about him. I read his book, Change Your Mind, and you will want to order that. You will want to listen to the Audible. You will want to go to his website, Ascend the Frequencies. You are, I promise you, this is going to be one of those episodes where you will go all in because he's going to take your belief in healing, the power that we all have within us, And you're going to go to this place where you've never been before like I did. (laughs) So let me tell you about RJ before I bring him on. On his website, I'm just going to read kind of his little story. We do go into it, but I just wanted to kind of start with that. And only 2016, so not long ago, he became permanently paralyzed from the chest down, requiring emergency life-saving surgery. He was deathly ill with a rare staph infection that compressed his spinal cord. By the way, his last name is Spina, and that is spine in Russian. So there's no accidents, there's no coincidences. He was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, hypothyroidism, autoimmune disease, autonomic dysreflexia, and suffered from life-threatening complications due to his catastrophic spinal injury. His body was destroyed and beyond repair. He spent roughly three months in a hospital rehab facility, being inundated with antibiotics, drugs, painkillers, and rudimentary physical therapy. He was given zero chance of ever walking again and was told he would need medications for the rest of his life. Today, he is no longer paralyzed. In fact, within the first 100 days after his emergency surgery, he walked unassisted, just as predicted in the ICU. Just he predicted that. My diag, his diagnosed 
illnesses and diseases have been resolved, even the mystery lethal infection that months of powerful antibiotics could not cure. So he's beyond anything that I've ever met before, and you will get that. But I want you all to know that I feel like he's in our life to open our minds to the power of our minds. And I know that is why he came into my life. I know that. But when you go and study him further and read his books and learn this simple, it's when I say simple, it's just, it is simple. And that's, we make things so difficult and he makes it so simple and you will just feel so powerful (laughs) and understand that this, any kind of illness or, you know, sickness or anything wrong is just something that you can train your mind to cure. And that is what he's done. You can go on his website, ascendthefrequencies.com and watch his videos. He has it all, um, like all the videos to show him in ICU and in the transformational healing that he said he would heal himself in a hundred days. It's all on video and he shows it and he wanted to make sure everyone knew because it is true that he did make a point that he was going to get healed in 100 days and he did. So you are going to be astounded by this man like I am. And I know that I will be hearing from you after you listen to this. And and I want to just thank you on that end of my um, introduction to everyone that does reach out to me after they listen and have been affected by my guests and um, that do subscribe and share and, you know, leave a review. That may, that means so much to me and it helps me find these guests and makes this, these guests that are so amazing that I want to share with you say yes to come on to my show. So on a personal note, we are full swing ahead in school and I am having more time to, I've been doing, I did a breath work session. I've done some readings. I, did a galactic astrology session with a guest that you will be meeting on my podcast in a couple of weeks. You can go on my YouTube channel now and subscribe and get the, see that, that reading. It is on there. It blew me away. I, I feel like just in the last week, I've grown so much in just what I've done. The breath work yesterday, you know, I've had many people on like two weeks ago when I had Josh Trent on. He's, you know, spoke about breath work and the power of it. And I did it yesterday with a woman that just got trained in it and it blew me away. And I, I'm going to start having breath work sessions here with her with, I'm going to start with my girls and have their friends come over. So if you're local in San Diego and you want to have some breath work, learn about breath work, it, it changed my body. <laughs> I've never experienced, it's just, if you've never done breath work, connect with me so we can, you can come and we can do the breath work together. I'm going to start doing monthly sessions, group sessions. And if you wanted to have a individual session, you can do that as well. But on that note, yes, I just feel I love fall and I love the change of seasons. And I love just that feeling in the air and, you know, when it's starting to get a little bit colder and, you know, we had our um, hurricane Hillary (laughs) a couple of weeks ago and I, you know, it's just interesting when, you know, this buildup of certain things that are going on in this world. And, you know, you feel like the sometimes like this catastrophic events, they're all for 
They've all for a reason and they all come and they go and we're all learning and growing and we all have our purposes and our the reasons we're here. And I feel like just this learning about just even just RJ is has taken me further in this ascension for sure. And you will know what I mean when you listen to this episode. He talks about 2023 at the end and how this is the most powerful year you'll ever have in your life, which I think is fascinating. He also talks about the Ascended Masters and that is really fascinating. So um, happy fall or the beginning of fall. And I just want to thank you and just know how grateful I am for each one of you and that I love this journey so much. And I just see so much growth in me. And I know if you're listening to this, you see it in yourself as well. So enjoy this episode and please reach out to me after you listen and tell me about what your takeaways were and how I know you're going to say he's transformed your mind. (laughs) All right. Enjoy the show. Welcome, RJ. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. Oh, you know, I told you before we hit record that when I found you, I just was like, I need to find a way to get him on the show. And that was just, what, a month ago. And I have gone, I've read your book, the new book, Change Your Mind. And when I'm reading it, I'm resonating because that's how I, the words that we speak in this house as a mom to my kids, how I've, how I've raised them is exactly what you believe in the spell. And I just loved it. So I can really connect it to you and what your, what your message is and what you're teaching. But then I go deeper and I'm known to go down the rabbit hole <laughs> and I just kept going. And I thought, Oh my gosh, I felt like I was remembering you. And I feel like when you meet your new teacher or you meet a mentor that really speaks to you and like it resonates with your soul, that was you with me. And it's just, it's been this ongoing thing. I've been looking at you on Zoom right now. I feel like, is it really you talking to me or is it a video (laughs) that I've been watching? Because I've had you in my mind, in my ear. I have the Audible book. But what I'd like to do, RJ, is because my listeners might not know your your amazing story. Uh, I'd love to go, I always say like the name of my podcast is Uncover Your Magic. And we all have magic. And I love yours because yours ends with a K. Um, <laughs> I, I feel like when you were little, I'd like to start like when you say you're around four years old, when you started to realize you had these gifts, because I feel like that kind of starts the, the, the journey of where you got to and that's when everything starts to unfold can we start there just so people get that the gist of why i think you're like this amazing (laughs) soul to me oh well thank you yeah of course we can start there yeah so uh i always had the feeling um that i was uh here for we'll say a special purpose i always felt that way and i always felt very very removed from this experience, even though I had projected myself into this reality. And that really is how it felt as a kid. That hasn't changed, by the way. That really felt how I felt as a kid. I even would share things like that with my uh, with my mother more than anyone else. But um, I discovered very early on, I would almost say by accident, that uh, I had a uh, a propensity <laughs> to to leave my body and and to be able to explore and my earliest 
memories, Ashley, are of leaving my body. So, and I certainly wasn't taught or trained or anything in this life to do that. But I would just relax. I'd lie down in bed or I would sit in a chair. And as I was getting closer and closer to just total, total serenity, total peace, all of a sudden my consciousness or my sentience was outside of my body. And this, this started happening literally every single day. I'd be standing next to my body, looking at my body. I'd be on the ceiling looking down at my body. And this was, this was totally regular. And in the beginning, as a little kid, in the beginning, probably because I was a little kid, I assumed I couldn't leave my parents' house, even though I, I was oh, removed funny. from my body. Uh, but I started to realize, I remember one time I left my body and then I was on the roof. Mm-hmm. So then all of a sudden I was like, oh, well, maybe, maybe there's no limitation to what I can do. And then I realized just through intention my consciousness or sentience or the I am would go anywhere and it would, it would do it immediately. It's almost instantaneous and you're there. And one of the things I also used to do as a kid is that I would be able to project my consciousness as if I was microscopic and I would project myself into the, the backyard. I loved the backyard. We had this big lawn. And mm-hmm. so I would project my consciousness as if I was like the size of an ant and I'd be able to literally walk in between the blades of, Blades of grass. And this, of course, was exciting and enthralling and all that kind of stuff. But then I also realized that I could go into outer space and I started traveling. What I now understand are different frequencies, realities, and dimensions, different timelines as well. And so I would just do this as a kid, naturally, every day, multiple times a day. And I thought it was, uh, I really thought it was universal, believe it or not, until I asked my mom, where do you go? And so she just looked at me, what are you talking about? And it was only in that moment that I realized that it was unusual. I literally thought it was universal. I mean, it was common for me. But that that's how it started. And I even used to say uh, as a kid that if I ever get sick, I'll just heal myself, which is a weird thing to say. But obviously, I was remembering what was going to happen. So, and that, that wound up, as you know, wound up becoming the, uh, the information for the, for the first book, Supercharged Self-Healing. But the, the childhood, other than me leaving my body all the time and being able to understand what we would call deep esoteric wisdom and even metaphysics as a kid, it makes more sense now, now that I have a better understanding as to why I am the way that I am. But that was my childhood, traveling outside of my body and interacting with advanced beings and projecting my consciousness into the lawn and having all these kind of strange experiences. What kind of friends did you have? <laughs> Were you just kind of on your own? I think on the outside, I had normal friends. I behaved normal. And some of these things, once I realized, once my mom told me how unusual it was, for the most part, I didn't stop doing it. I just kept it to myself because then I realized that it was uncommon and there really wouldn't be any way to communicate with someone unless they were having those experiences. But even though I was keeping it to myself, I was always acutely aware that I was here for a very special reason and that I had a a mission that needed to be accomplished. And quite frankly, I always felt and still do that it is a unique mission that I signed myself up for that, dare I say, I'm the only one that is supposed to do this or can do this in this way. And of course, that made more sense as I became an adult and became permanently paralyzed and healed myself. But I still feel that way, and I still feel that it's a it's a joy, it's an honor, 
It's a privilege and it's my responsibility to be able to relay these teachings and these understandings to humanity. You've done um, past life. You used to do past life regressions with people and you don't do that anymore. In your experience with your past lives, were you a healer and all is, do you go back to that? I share some of my past lives in the self-mastery class. The past life readings that I used to do for people, uh, when I turned 24, I had a profound experience in terms of my third eye remaining open whenever it is that I needed it. And I would be able to look into uh, people's uh, incarnations, previous incarnations, future incarnations, which are all happening now. And so I used to give past life readings to people. And then I stopped actually because I realized that my purpose of doing it was to liberate them, to free their consciousness from identifications, to -hmm. reach self-realization. And I used to be, I used to be deluded enough into thinking that everyone, that's what everyone wanted. Everyone wanted self-realization, enlightenment and complete liberation. I quickly found out that by giving past life readings that people were adopting more and more identifications to these other incarnations, which is only increasing their personhood or their, what I call their ego mind identity. So I wound up doing the opposite in terms of mm. what my intention was, which was liberation. So I, I stopped doing it. And um, one thing I've never shared before, which I'll share right now. Okay. There was a, a gentleman who was instrumental in, in helping me at that age for a couple of years. He's still the best medium that I've ever encountered. I don't think it's even close. He recently left his body, but uh, he's very, very private, never made a big deal about any of his abilities, but more his abilities are more profound as a medium than anyone I ever met. And when I stopped doing the past life readings, he had a friend that was a, a state trooper, and this was in upstate New York. And this person would come over and, and relay things that were going on at work. And sometimes it was crimes or things like that. So very quietly, myself and my friend Rich would help them solve unsolved cases mm. in terms of you should look into this person or you should look into that person. Oh, wow. And we did that for a few years, kept it quiet, but it also helped me hone my skills in terms of being able to tap into things with limited information and be able to be very specific and then be able to, I've been able to, I would say, build upon that over the last 20 years. But that is something that I did for a couple of years. I've never talked about it until now. Wow. <laughs> first first time. So let's go into the, when you turn April 23rd, 2016. When you were, were you 45 then? That sounds right. That sounds, that sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But, uh, you know, like when we get to this day and people understand like your journey of remembering and knowing that you were, you just knew you had this knowing and there's such a thing about knowing. And I love that. And when you get to this moment in April, and I mean, when you think of 2016, you know, that's not long ago. <laughs> it's amazing. So let's go. Take a yeah, share. I- Sure, sure. So, yeah, April 23rd, 2016. April 23rd is Shakespeare's birthday, by the way. Oh, uh, oh. Shakespeare is a fictional person. All those, all those plays were written by Francis Bacon. Well, that's a whole nother conversation. So, April 23rd, 2016, I became permanently paralyzed from the chest down. I was told I had 48 hours to live. I had severe sepsis. I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes severe autoimmune disease, pancreatitis, thyroiditis, a retracted heart. I was told to make out a will right away. I would never make it 
you know, until the weekend. And uh, I was also suffering from something called autonomic dysreflexia and paraplegics and quadriplegics who have their injury above T6 and mine was T7 and T8. An injury to that part of your spine will, can often cause your autonomic system to completely shut down and run haywire. So things like your breathing, body temperature, pulse, heart rate were no longer automatically regulated. And oh. paraplegics and quadriplegics often die from complications. You could have a stroke, an aneurysm, go into a coma. So that was going on. All that was going on at the same time. So I had emergency surgery. And they did something called a laminectomy where they scraped the infection off my spine. But I was already already paralyzed. And the uh, the prognosis was that because the spine had been damaged, there was no way to to get better, to repair. And that was, that was sort of the end of that. But when I woke up from surgery, the truth of the matter is I woke up into authentic authentic cosmic consciousness, uh, what's actually even beyond enlightenment. And I started telling the ICU nurse, the higher consciousness and light metaphysics of self-healing and self-realization, sort of explaining it to her. It's like it all came back to me. Mm. Like when I woke up, when I used to say as a kid, if I ever get sick, I'll just heal myself. I knew that I knew, but I didn't know the specifics. Mm -hmm. When I woke up from surgery, I knew the specifics, like I knew the back of my hand. And I started explaining to her what I was going to do, how it works, energetic templates, channeling intelligent energy, the deconstruction of the false self, et cetera, et cetera. And then I said, in a hundred days, I will walk out of here unassisted and I'll be completely healed of, of everything that's going on with me. Now, it was too specific for her to dismiss it as I was just high from the anesthesia. It was way too specific. And I remember her looking at me and she just says, how do you know this? And I just said, I remember. I absolutely remember. So it took that. It took essentially the complete destruction of my body for the remembering, the knowingness that was buried deep within me to come to the surface and to give myself this great challenge to be able to put myself back together again and then be able to offer up the teachings to humanity. But without that challenge, without that great challenge that I, that I gave myself, because we give all of ourselves our challenges with our health. Right. Without that challenge, I don't think the remembering would have happened. But when it did happen, it all came right back online. Oh, amazing. You know, so you work, you get to the hundredth day, you proved it, you were healed. And there's videos on your website that show that you were making sure it was all noted and videoed. So everyone saw that this miracle. But when you say we all plan our health issues, it, will you explain how you see life before? Because I, you know what I love about what you say is like, we only want to come here once. This is like the earth. Like we're, we only want to come here one and get it done. But we keep repeating. You had another ex example of staring at a statue and how long that takes when you're staring at a statue and then you have to go from the front of it. Will you explain that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The, the point of incarnation is to not incarnate again. Right. Okay. It's not, it's not to repeat, you know, second grade over and over and over again. It's, it's to get it right and we move on to something else. So come back to your first question, Ashley, about health. So before we reincarnate, we have a complete and total understanding of the physical body, I call it the genetic entity, of the physical body 
that we're going to incarnate into. We know everything about it. We can actually see the entire hereditary line hmm. of every incarnate aspect that, that ever used that body all the way through. So when we incarnate, this is actually our, an, our ancestors. And of course, all of their thought patterns, all of their emotional patterns, all of their societal conditioning, all of their traumatic experiences are embedded within, within the genetic entity. So we literally incarnate into our ancestors, but we have a complete, clear holographic blueprint of this before we get here. So we know if, like we say, oh, my, I'm genetically predisposed to cancer or I'm genetically predisposed to, yeah, you knew that before you got here. Because when we wake up, and I mean really wake up, when we wake up and we develop the ability to heal ourselves, we actually heal the entire ancestral line mm. at the same time. Okay, so this is very important to understand this. So no one is ever a victim to whatever genetics that they have mm -hmm. because the active incarnate aspect, the I am, the soul that occupies that physical vehicle, when it gains full dominion over the body-mind complex, you could call that self-realization or enlightenment or whatever word you want to use, but when it gains full dominion over the body-mind complex, it doesn't matter what the genetics are because genetics are changed moment to moment. Right. Based upon your concept of yourself, whatever conceptualized reality you create for yourself, the body has the tangible experience of that. So that's the mind-body connection in one sentence. So once we start to take command of the incarnation of the mind-body, it's irrelevant what genetics are. Genetics, from my perspective, from my bizarre perspective, is nothing. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's absolutely nothing. It is your higher mind that creates everything. And once you start to use your higher mind, you can transcend any lower consciousness physicality. And the first book explains that in, in great detail and exactly how to do it. Seven steps, right? Yeah. Yeah. When you talk about the higher mind and what I see in you, RJ, in that human body is only 30% of what you truly are. Is that correct? Yeah, that's absolutely correct. Right. So most of what we are is beyond physical sensory perception. So if we could see each other clearly with the the, uh, the third eye, I guess we could say, we would see a much larger being and we would see a much a much deeper aspect of what we actually are. Our, our genetic entity, our physical body, its five physical senses are only attuned to a very narrow bandwidth. And the physical body itself is attuned to and part well, of just, just the local the environment. So you started this healing journey when you told yourself, I'm told everyone in a hundred days, I'm going to heal myself. And now that I understand the your first book, The Seven Steps and what you did, and you've laid it all out, I want people to understand the thinking, the way you describe, you know, healing, the I am, the everything after the I am is, you know, this, it's belief. Talk about all, because I love talking, getting rid of these limiting beliefs and proving it wrong and doing your journaling exercise and spending every day, you know, when you talk about you walked by the mirror and you saw your hair and it was messy. Why does that bug, you know, who is that? So will you explain? Because I think people, I'm a mom and I am a teacher for teenagers and it's evolved from, you know, raising kids in this intentional conscious way where people see my girls, this, this, they know self-talk, they know who they are, they know how to speak speak it into existence. We talk mm -hmm. so much about that. I mean, we, we go deep, RJ. But will you explain how important 
the thinking and the how you describe the I am and the EMI and all that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So what we are at our core is a divine intelligence. And that divine intelligence is really our level of love and wisdom whose subsets are our talents and abilities. Now, that is what all of us actually are. And and by the way, it's complete variance. No two souls have the same amount or quality of this sentience or this divine intelligence. Now, that is the God within us all. And we are a miniaturized, when we say made in God's image, this is what we're about to explore and I'm going to explain. We are a drop, a cell, an atom, however you want to say, of God. We have the exact same attributes of God. Forget about looking like this. This is the humanistic misinterpretation that God is some some dude wearing a robe with white hair. Okay. We don't look like that either. This is a suit. We have no name, no image, and no form. And we're wearing a biological garment to explore the lower frequencies of the physical universe, just like you would put on a spacesuit. This is a biological spacesuit for our consciousness to explore this realm. Make no mistake about that. Okay, so what we are is the I am, which is God itself. That is our love and wisdom, and it's our talents and abilities. Now, that that divine intelligence, that sentience, that I am, is given energy, including this. This is a body of energy is given energy to create with, just like God, right? So this energy that we use, we use our energy to think, to emote, to animate our body, and then therefore to have the body have experiences. It takes energy even to incarnate. Now, that is what it means to be made in God's image. Sentience given energy to endlessly create, and we do the same thing. We endlessly create. The issue arises, from my perspective, The issue arises when we incarnate into the lower frequencies of the physical universe because we are so disconnected from our our natural environment, from where we come from, the holistic nature, the oneness of everything. We come all the way down here with total amnesia because of the complete disconnection. Now, the issue becomes that we start identifying ourselves with what we create. Mm. So what that means is we lose ourselves in the incarnation, we start thinking that this is what we are. Now, we're inside this. We created an incarnation, and this is the suit that we wear. So we start identifying with the body. We see ourselves as a physical being. Now, as soon as we identify with the body, Ashley, we're going to identify with what the body produces. Thoughts, emotions, actions, behaviors, physical sensations, traumatic experiences. Now, as we start to identify with this and then all those other things, by the way, none of, none of which is what we are. None of that is what we are. So this is the creation of the false human character, what I call the ego mind identity. Now, that is subject to all societal conditioning, brainwashing, everything that goes on, beliefs, ideologies, concepts, roles. So we're this perfect, whole, complete, divine being that has completely and utterly misidentified itself with a physical vehicle and then all these other things that are floating around here. Our disharmony, our dis-ease, our suffering, all comes from the misidentification with all of those things. So healing, as well as self-realization, for me, is the returning 
to what we really are, the I am, the sentience, the pure awareness. And just as the painter is not the painting, we are not what we create. It is our misidentifications with what we create is what takes us astray. It leads us further and further from our true self, Mm -hmm. from what we really are. And as we get further and further away from what we really are, we are misprogramming our mind with all these things. And then the body has to have the tangible experience of that. All disharmony comes from disharmonious thought patterns. Now, we can only think in terms of what we've identified ourselves with, a belief, a thought, an experience, an ideology, a role. Now, once we detach from these things and remain as what we truly are, thinking actually just stops. And now we have meditation. Now the true self is online. Now, once the true self is online, healing starts to take place. And the longer that we can normalize the state of being present, the closer and closer we get to self-realization or enlightenment. Self-realization or enlightenment is simply the normalization of what you truly are. And then you have full communion with your higher self as we are an aspect of our higher self. And that's what enlightenment actually is. But the story that we're telling ourselves, the spell that we are putting over ourselves, that we then put over others, that is what must be, we must become acutely aware of that and we must cease with doing that. And once we cease with doing that, we'll start to feel like ourselves, and then we'll realize that what we actually are is capable of anything, including putting a completely destroyed body back together or having authentic self-realization or enlightenment. When you were laying in that bed in the hospital for those hundred days, this was, you were self-teaching and self-healing yourself by just whatever it was coming through that day. I mean, you wrote a book on it after, but you were just going with whatever came to you. What were you focused on every day as you were going through this? Let me start by saying that I was incredibly sick, but my main goal uh, was to walk, right? I was, I was quote unquote permanently paralyzed from the chest down. So, and my, my hospital room was right by the window and I used to watch the, all the doctors and nurses and everyone walk right past me holding their Starbucks. There was nothing, nothing I wanted more than to just be able to walk. Okay. And I knew I would do it. So I feel from my perspective and what it is that I teach and share, it starts with desire and intention. And the unification of desire and intention with the self, even in the relaxed state. So a desire is like a wish. Okay. I wanted to walk, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Intention, intention is the harnessing of your energy, which is your will. Merging desire and intention with the self, it becomes one thing, total unification, even in the relaxed state. So now what this means, and this relates to manifestation on a very high level, right. what this now means is that without doing, without a doingness, and we'll get to that, without the doing, what you're emanating, physical reality will start to match up to that. And physical reality is part of this body. So your body will must, as does the universe, it must match whatever frequency that you're emanating. So when we unify desire, intention, and self in a relaxed state, That is a perpetual emanation. So the first thing that I did was I unified my desire and intention with the self in a relaxed state of that walking is inevitable. 
Walking is inevitable. I'm going to keep emanating that frequency. So that's number one. And anyone can use what I just said for any achievement that they like, whether it's their health, finances, a friendship, a romance, doesn't matter. The metaphysics work the same for everything. Now, once you have that, which is what I, which is how I started. Mm-hmm. And then I found myself, which are the seven steps in the, in the book, the ascended frequency ceiling technique. Ashley, I found myself doing these seven things over and over and over again. And that made up the healing technique of channeling intelligent energy, harnessing the four directions of consciousness, all the different things that are in the healing technique. Now, one of the keys to this, to everyone who wants to manifest anything, heal themselves, create anything, reach self-realization, you can never, ever, ever throw doubt onto the fire of your intention because it'll put it out. Mm-hmm. I say that doubt is death. Now, what that looks like metaphysically, if you have the intention to go in this direction, and then all of a sudden you doubt that you're going to get there, and you start thinking, well, what if I end up over here? Now your energy, it's like a train is now, has now switched tracks. Mm-hmm. Now your energy, your intention is now going over here, even though you want to go over here. But, oh, I'm not sure if I'm going to get there. What if this happens? Now your energy, this is how we create parallel realities. Right. Now your energy is going in the opposite direction. So we must kill doubt. Now, in order to kill doubt, you must always be present. Now, if you're always present, the finite, rational, doubting mind never gets active. It never, ever, ever gets active. Now, when we master that, because I talk about, I never had one single thought that I wouldn't walk. Not one, and I mean it, not one single thought. Now, when we start to work with ourselves this way, Ashley, every single human being will be able to achieve every single thing that they desire when they work with themselves properly. And those are the keys, desire, intention, self, and the relaxed state then everything that you do from that moment on is always in full communion with your desire and intention, which means the only thing, the only end result that you can have is the fulfillment of your desire and intention because you never break it through doubting. Right. Wow. When you were talking about parallel lives, when you were saying in this one interview, I was listening to you explain it, like you chose to move to Arkansas and it was you you were going between let's say New York and Arkansas and you were having making this choice well a choice for RJ to be in Arkansas is there and there's also another reality where RJ's in New York will you explain that yeah absolutely it's a great question okay so this is where we get the idea that the universe is mental we've probably heard that that's not accurate it's not accurate it's a step in the right direction but it's not accurate it makes it i'll explain that in a second okay we have intention. We can say the universe is conscious because it's God. It's conscious, but it's not mental. That's something else. Okay. So if there's potentiality for evolution to take place because it's all God and it is all conscious, God is obsessed with its own evolution, with the efficacy of its own evolution. If humanity did not know that, God is obsessed with the efficacy of its own evolution, as we are. We do everything so we can evolve, right? Okay. So when there's two choices, as you said, Arkansas, New York, right? Okay. If there are two choices, that means there's energy has been presented. There's energy behind both of those things, which also means that they're both going to come to fruition because there's a possibility of the evolution of consciousness from both choices coming to fruition. 
Now, consciously, in our normal waking state, we cannot experience both those realities at the same time. So we make a choice to go to Arkansas, and then our conscious mind assumes that I did not make the choice to New York. But because there is energy behind both choices, they both come to fruition. That is what's called a parallel reality. So there is a version of RJ that's in New York. There's a version of RJ that's probably in some, still in California. There's a version, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Because existence is conscious, it takes advantage of every single opportunity for it to evolve itself. And so that's, that's why parallel conditions are created. That's why if it's possible, it already exists. Because everything is evolving and it never stops evolving. Our limited mind was not designed to experience multiple realities at the same time. It was never designed for that. But we can experience parallel conditions through a higher state of consciousness and through detachment from the egoic mind. And therefore, we lose the concept, and it's just a concept, of logic and linearity. And we can begin to experience the totality of things as they're occurring simultaneously within one single now. Wow. <laughs> oh my gosh. You talk about dimensions and frequency. And I think, you know, people are always talking about three dimensional, five, 5D, 6D, all that, and how it's a frequency, you know, and like they, we kind of say it in a, it's not in the right way. Like you say, if it we're in frequencies, we explain how they differ and how they go, how we go up and that kind of thing. Absolutely. I'm glad you asked that. Okay. So I think part of why and I don't think I've ever really talked about it in this way, so I'm going to now. I think mm-hmm. part of why we are not experiencing the things that I sometimes talk about with great clarity, it's because we're using the wrong language. We're using the wrong language. And so, like I said, we're spelling ourselves. So when we talk about that we're in the third dimension, okay, from my direct experience, it's not accurate at all. Okay. Energy is in frequency. Energy exists frequentially. And there's a new word, right? Energy exists frequentially. Okay. Dimensions house frequencies. We exist within the third frequency of the first full dimension. Now, the bottom three frequencies, because the energies are so dense and so slow, in order to support quote unquote life, they have to band together to form one thing, one reality, which gives us height, weight, and width. But it's one thing. Now, we, we misunderstand that and call that that we're in the third dimension. We don't, ex- we don't exist dimensionally. We exist energetically, and energy exists in frequency. And frequency is an assignation of energy. So it's an assignment of energy in terms of what bandwidths it's going to exist within. We exist, you and I right now, we exist within the first three frequencies which band together to form one thing. So as we ascend the frequencies, we'll be going into the fourth frequency and then the fifth frequency. And the first full dimension houses the first 12 frequencies and the first full dimension is all physical reality. All physical reality is within the first dimension, the first 12 frequencies. And once you pierce the membrane, and that's kind of what it feels like, once you pop and pierce the membrane outside of the first full dimension into the second dimension, from a human perspective, there's no such thing as physicality. There's no such thing as tangibility. Everything becomes highly, highly ephemeral. 
Mm-hmm. So all when we say fifth dimension, this it's inaccurate. And I think when we start to work with ourselves more accurately, which is why we're talking about this and why I think it's, a, it's such a great question, we have to start to understand that we're working with frequency and energy. Forget dimension. Dimension houses it. So if we can start to fine-tune our consciousness in terms of where we're at, I think we're going to be able to maneuver better and we're going to be able to work with our energy better if we call, if we have a, a direct and correct association and understanding of how the metaphysics actually work. So we're in the third frequency, the bottom three band together to form one thing, and dimensions house frequencies, and all of us are on our way to ascending into what would be the fourth full frequency. And do we have to come back here to Earth to keep ascending? Like if I died in a year from now and I was at the sixth frequency, do I keep coming back to get to the 12th? You get to start fresh every time the incarnation ends, okay? Think of a rubber band ball, okay? All those rubber bands, right? Okay. okay. Uh-huh. Think of those rubber bands, each one as a timeline, okay? They're all in the same space, mm-hmm. right? But they're all banded together. They're all touching, intermingling, and influencing one another, okay? But they're all in the same space. Now, when we leave our body, and let's say the, I don't mean just through meditation, let's say, let's say we leave our body because the incarnation, we terminated our incarnation. So we leave our body as an image. It's not entirely accurate, but it's something for the mind to work with. Mm -hmm. We, we leave that rubber band ball. Okay. Okay. Now we're in our natural, we're, we're beyond space time now. The rubber band ball is space time. Okay. We're now beyond space time. We're, we're quote unquote outside of space time. Now, based upon the next incarnation, we will pick and choose which one of those rubber bands and at which frequency and other things that we want to incarnate into. So you start over, so to speak. When your incarnation is over, Ashley, you could, from a linear perspective, which is not how things really work, mm-hmm. you could reincarnate into the fifth century, even though in our mind that's over. No, it's not. It's, still, it's all happening right now. Right. It's, it's all happening right now. So we don't, which uh, the, the finite mind can't handle that. And by the way, it's not supposed to. Right. The higher mind's got no problem with it. But the finite mind's like, what? That's not possible. Well, oh, it sure is. Okay. Just like when you have your radio on, mm-hmm. you, can only listen, you can only listen to one song at a time. How many songs are playing right now? Thousands, thousands. Right. How many can you listen to and experience uh, at a time? Right, one. It's the same with frequencies and realities. It's, it works the exact same way. They're all happening right now. Now, we can tune into anything that we want, even while we're incarnate here. You have to lose your mind, but you can tune into anything that you want by changing the electromagnetic frequency of your brain through meditation, and you can tap into all these different things that are occurring right now, which is something that I've been doing as a kid. So right. when you're done with this incarnation, you can come back to prior, from a linear perspective, the fifth century or you know or whatever, or from here, you could reincarnate into the 38th century and you can reincarnate into any frequency that you wish within the first full dimension because incarnations don't really occur outside of the first, the first full dimension. It's not really an incarnation because right. there's really is no, it's all one. So there is no separateness and we wouldn't view it as an incarnation. But in the lower frequencies of the first full dimension, it would, it would be a full on incarnation like we're having. But the whole thing is up to you. The, the whole thing is up to you. The rules that we have placed upon ourselves mm-hmm. do not apply, do not apply at all to the real self. 
And when we're disincarnate, the real self is online and therefore there are no rules. You can come back as whatever you want, whenever you want, in any timeline and in any frequency, as long as you have a worthy life plan, because you need a worthy life plan in order to be able to commandeer a physical vehicle. What about the ascended masters then, like Baba G, Jesus? I was listening to you talk about Baba G in the 12th. He's in the 12th dimension. He's the most enlightened and he comes back whenever he's needed. That was really fascinating to me. Yeah, the uh, the Ascended Masters are fascinating. We could think of them as wild cards. We could think of them as the true teachers of humanity, timeless teachers of humanity, because they are. They don't evolve through uh, the evolutionary cycle. They were created as a finished product. Hmm. So they are inserted. It's like putting uh, jokers and, and uh, jokers into the deck. Right, okay. Okay, they are, they are here and they continue to reincarnate over and over and over again. And they do miraculous things. You normally know them by their deeds, right? Okay. Right. So they are here to simply continually move humanity forward in, the, in its own evolution of consciousness. And there's only 13 original ascended masters. There's only 13. Now, in terms of what I call old school original ascended masters, there's probably now somewhere between 30 and 40 total masters, what I would call total masters that, that have mastered themselves. But the 13 are the original ones. And the, we, we talk about Buddha, Yogananda, Babaji, Saint Germain, El Moria. There, there's others. And in my self mastery course, I list them all and I talk about some of their various incarnations as well. But they are, they are the timeless teachers of humanity and they keep showing up whenever they're needed. And each one of them has a very specific skill set. So as an example, the being known as Christ, which is actually Master Sananda, but the being known as Christ has mastered purity. The master of purity. Mm. Yogananda, Paramahansa Yogananda is the master of love. Buddha, the being known as Buddha is the master of wisdom. Saint Germain, who's had incarnations as Moses and Merlin and Joseph, the father of Christ and Francis Bacon and Plato and among, and among others, that being is the master of energy. The master of alchemy understands energy like no one else. So depending upon where humanity is at in its own evolutionary cycle, those masters will insert themselves of their own free will will insert themselves to make sure it's like adding the perfect spice to your stew. Mm -hmm. It's like the stew is cooking, it's coming along well, but it, it's just missing something. It's missing this little something and it'll be perfect. Well, the ascended masters are the missing ingredient and they're always projecting themselves into, into physical reality to make sure that consciousness is evolving with the greatest efficacy possible. And they also represent a physical embodiment of something for, for humanity to shoot for. They represent the fulfillment of themselves and therefore they are inspirational. They give themselves incredible challenges during their incarnations and they overcome them. And so therefore they represent an embodiment of the transcendence of physical reality and the lower consciousness. And by them being here, there's such a high vibration that a rising tide lifts all ships 
they raise the frequency of humanity just by being here. And then, of course, they provide these teachings that only they, that only they can provide. And depending upon where humanity is at, that will be the, the ascended master or they often work. Like I'll give you, I'll be more specific. There are five ascended masters incarnate right now. Three of them have not woken up yet. Two of them are well aware of who they are and they're operating at that level. And the people that know them or study their works or work with them are well aware that that's an ascended master. So there are Mm. two of them that are incarnate right now that are doing the highest level work. And the other three have not woken up and they'll begin to wake up as the first two are wrapping up their incarnations. How do you know that? I'm just able to uh, understand these things at the highest levels, I guess. Wow. You talked about 2023 being a huge year. Could you go like in a summary of version of that? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So 23 from an occult perspective and occult, the origin of occult is ocular or oculist. All occult and this whole world is occult, whether people realize it or not, it's the truth. The origin of all occult information comes from the oculus or those who can see. And that's why it's called what is hidden. The occult is what is hidden. Well, it's hidden to the five senses and the intellect. It is not hidden to those that can see the ascended masters. And there's two ascended masters that have provided essentially all the occult information that this world has used for hundreds of thousands of years, which I think is quite interesting. 2023, or 23, from an occult perspective, two relates to mind-body, and three relates to mind-body-spirit. 23 has to do with transcending a physical mortality or reaching immortality or communion with the I am and the, and the trifecta of what we really are. So 23 is a massive, massive year in terms of people having to make a choice. They're either going to choose mind-body and grounding themselves in the physical and keeping themselves locked within Mm -hmm. the third frequency, or they're going to choose three, which is mind-body-spirit, which is the ascending of the frequencies and working with ourselves in a much more holistic fashion. And that's the whole reason why I'm here, is to make sure that these teachings far outlive my physical body. Because these are the teachings that humanity is going to use for the next 300 years as it starts to evolve its consciousness so it can ascend the frequencies. And 2023 is the most pivotal year in the history of humanity because we're, each individual is either going to choose their own ascension or they're going to choose to not ascend and go nowhere and lock themselves within the suffering of physical reality. Wow, I love that. Thank you, RJ. I mean, I would love to do part twos because there's so many more things that I would love to ask you. But can you give your website, how to find you and all that? Sure, yeah. The the website is ascendthefrequencies.com. I suggest people subscribe to the YouTube channel because I give a lot of information. I've probably done 100 hours of uh, free material, free videos on my uh, YouTube channel. Instagram. There are daily quotes and clips of me, so it's worth it. And I also make announcements on there as well. And what we're doing right now is we're finalizing the rest of uh, my 2023 schedule and my entire 2024 schedule, all the different courses and classes that I'm going to be teaching. 
So that will be released soon. So if anyone is interested in what it is that I teach and they want to partake, <clears throat> sign up for the newsletter on the website and pretty soon it'll be posted and you can join the wait list because the classes, uh, they, they get sold out rather quickly. So you can join the wait list and you'll be able to see a full preview of everything that's going to be going on the rest of this year and in, uh, 2024. Mm, thank you. Oh, I've enjoyed it so much, RJ. Thank you. I'm so grateful for you and for, I'm so, I'm just knowing that we, our paths have crossed is just a blessing to me. So thank you. You're most welcome, sweetheart. You're most welcome. It's been my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Uncover Your Magic podcast today. If you are inspired by what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this show on your favorite podcast player. If you would like to connect with me with any questions, comments, or feedback, please contact me at the Uncover Your Magic website. Thank you so much for listening and don't forget, always look for the magic.